Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We are growing. We are going to grow. We are going to grow. Just This is the year of multiplication, and so here's what I am hoping. I am hoping that I am a better pastor this year than I was last year. Do not amen. Okay, listen, <laughs> amen, <laughs> we are too, <laughs> listen, like, I, I, I want to be better, I want to be better, uh, 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 I, I want to be a, a better couple, I want to do better in our relation, I want to multiply, I want to take what God has given us, come on somebody, and I want to multiply, I want you to multiply, I want you to come in, and here's the thing is, if you're looking for a quick church event, uh, you will come and be inspired. But if you're looking for transformation, give us a year. Give us a year. Because here's the deal. As you sit under the word, as you sit under it and let it form in you and let God do something, here's the deal. It will take you, listen, somewhere. It'll take you somewhere. And so we always say around here, give us a service and, and, and you may like us. Give us a year and you're going to grow. And you're going to grow because we believe there's an assignment, listen, on your life. Our first service is uh, 70, 70%, 75% uh, full. Um, this one right here is probably around uh, 55 to 58% full. Some of you are really great math. Do not check me. Okay? But, but, but here is this idea is because of our society, because of our community, people just tend to back off when it feels uh, stuffy, when it feels overwhelming, you know, and if I, if I can't park easy, if I feel like I'm going to run over somebody, if I, I mean, my anxiety is like at an all-time high, people are taking medication for everything, and so here's what we want to do, is we want to um, make room for more people. In the kingdom, kingdom thoughts are we're always making room. We're always making room. We don't believe in the kingdom that there are only a few seats at the table. We believe there's always another seat at the table. We believe if you want to eat from this buffet, if you want to eat from this, come sit down because God's got enough for you. God's not like, okay, well, all right, you only get one piece of bacon. Oh, no. Come on. Does that make sense? God, there is enough for you. You may come here and you may look around and hear the worship team, see the sound, see the door greeters, see people working with children, and you may think, well, this church doesn't need me. They, they don't need me. They got it all figured out. They got it all handled. And the truth of the matter is that would be a lie. See, the enemy will always use your eyes to deceive you. Always. And so let me tell you how ministry works. Uh, come here, Drew, real quick. William, y'all come up here. Stand right here, side to side, kind of facing me right here. All right. Uh, y'all give him a hand. Uh, that's right. Just like that. Good. All right. Cool. Man, God, I could have picked smaller guys. Uh, 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 and so here, here's the idea is that people go to church. They look around and they go, all the places are full. They don't need me. I have a gift of administration. I can sing. I can do worship. I can do whatever. Uh, and, and they don't need me here because, look, they, they already got it all together. But, but the Bible says that there is a gift in you, and the Bible says that your gift will make room for you. And so room doesn't happen until you step in it. 
See, because there are, no, there are holes in the kingdom. So God's not going to leave a vacancy waiting for you. But if you'll step into it, what will happen is it will begin to part. And the, your gift, the Bible says, will make room for you. And we believe the mantle on this house is we're going to get as many ministers, as many courageous people that say, you know what? I've got issues. i got problems. i got some setbacks. I've even got some sin that I'm working on the deal. i got some sin I'm working through. i got some habits. But you know what? If God will use me, I'll just take a step and you'll see something part and all of a sudden the greatest thing you can do is not just sit and receive come on listen but you've got to begin to give what you have and then it turns into ownership does that make sense y'all give these guys a big hand so we want you to go through framework. We believe there's an assignment on your life. We know that God has something for you. And so don't look around here and go, I'm not needed. What I'm telling you is you are because there's more lost people. You are because there's more lost people. Well, I see what you're doing. You're just trying to grow a church. No, we're trying to grow you. We're trying to grow you. And every time, come on, we step into responsibility, we step into opportunity, there we feel the responsibility. The reason our society as a whole, even Christians, the reason our society is so weak is because, listen to this, Christians are sitting and they don't want any responsibility. See, responsibility changed your life. I'm not the same man I was when I first got married. Thank, don't, don't do that. Responsibility has changed me. Responsibility, you know, raising a kid, having a child, paying some bills. Come on, there, there were some, there were some days. Come on, that uh, we had a tank and and it got and and, and it got turned off because uh, I didn't know to fill it. Come on, so I, I, wait, I, I move in and I, I filled the the gas tank all the way up, you know. And I, we were on the farm, so we had seven acres, and you know, all of a sudden it was winter time, and it was like, well, why isn't this working? It runs out. Oh, <laughs> you mean you got to fill it up? That's a lot of money. <laughs> you know, like responsibility, come on, somebody will change your life. And you. there is no place in God's kingdom where his kids don't step into responsibility in order to unlock what God has for them. And so we're asking you this new year to go to framework next month. We're asking you to serve on a team. Listen to this. We're asking you to move through a fence. You know, as soon as you get on a team, we're going to frustrate the heck out of you. Why? Because we have a bunch of people that are crazy. I mean, not crazy, crazy. Just people. People. You know what I'm saying? We got a bunch of people in this church like your family. You're like, I ain't never coming back. <laughs> but but it's, it's the truth. That, that's, we're just all trying to do what God wants us to do as we follow him. Does that make sense? And so we are so excited that you're here, and we believe that there is an assignment on your life. This last week, we finished uh, seven days of fasting. Come on. How many of y'all want to thank God for food? Come on, somebody. Yes, Lord. Listen, I love food. Y'all golf clapping me. I'm, well, I'm telling you, I'm going to give y'all some lessons real quick. Listen, I love food. I love food. I, 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 we fasted, and we did more uh, than we ever did as far as uh, no food. And, and I'm going to tell you. The last couple days, 
I was a little grumpy. <laughs> Anybody grumpy? I was a little grumpy. I was like, hey, what is that? And, and I was like, sorry, I just need to eat. Uh, the V8 juice ain't kicking, doing it. The water is not good enough. Uh, and so uh, I, I, I've gotten a little, I'm getting a little angry, a little angry. I was trying to keep my stuff together, you know what I mean? And, and I, I was just like hangry, you know what I'm saying? Like hungry and angry. I was hangry, you know? And so much so that uh, when we got done, come on, we had some men. Hit up Waffle House at 12 a.m. Yeah, yeah, we did it. We we went to Waffle House. Uh, there was uh, sausage and bacon galore. It was so great. Uh, we had some waffles. Uh, somebody had two waffles. I ain't gonna tell you who it is. <laughs> I'm saying uh, I don't tell you who it is. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna call nobody out like that. But somebody had two waffles. I'm like, man, come on, listen. When we fast. I believe it is important for us to start the year realizing that our hunger for God has to be the most important thing that we do. Our hunger for God. See, God wants to take you somewhere. God has an assignment for your life. God wants to feed, listen, you. But so many times we are full of other thoughts. We're full of the world. We're full of compromise. We're full of ourselves. Come on. <laughs> We're full of offense. We're full of frustration. And we don't come and eat like we should because we're full. My assignment today is the God who feeds us. God wants to feed you spiritually, and what I'm telling you is, this will make your relationships more whole. This will make your, your spirit alive. This will produce some things in your life if you let God feed you. So like I said, the, the, the last couple of days of the uh, fast, I was, I, was just, I, I, was, I was just grumpy. I was like... And, and, and here's the, the deal, is I even had to fight the thought, oh, I can't wait to, to what? Come on, to, to you know it. I, I can't wait to eat, you know, things at night. You know, I was having to fight through because cheeseburgers were running through my head. You know what I'm saying? Come on, bacon, french fries, homemade fresh cut fries. Well, we did that yesterday. But um, how many of us, uh, honestly, um, uh, we forget who feeds us? We forget who feeds us, and, and, and come on, we can get a little grumpy, you know, a little grumpy, and we have to fight, come on, the wrong mindset. The flesh wants to say we're unsatisfied, we're not full. The flesh wants to tell you, you know what, you, you deserve a right to complain. You deserve the right to be cranky. You deserve the right to be grumpy. I don't know, anybody a little grumpy? Some of y'all like, I didn't even fast and I'm grumpy. Listen, listen, how many of you, you're just fighting a little bit of a grumpiness. You know, the thing about being grumpy is um, complaining makes you feel temporarily better. But in the long term, you're miserable. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I just start complaining, and people complaining about everything, they just complain and complain. Well, you know what? I just don't know about NWA. It's just growing way too fast. I, I remember being here, you know, and I'm like, listen, complain about all the traffic, complain about all the people. If, are you still eating at, at, uh, at Dairy Queen? Because if you're eating at all these other, oh, I just love all these restaurants, but I hate all these people. <laughs> Why do you think we have all the restaurants? Come on, somebody. But, but it's amazing how, how negative and complaining and grumpy we can be. When we start complaining about our situation, it only gets worse. 
Nobody, nobody's ever like, man, I really started complaining and things got a lot better. Or I started complaining about my wife. Oh, and, and it turned around. I started complaining about my husband. It's so much better. I started complaining about my kids, complaining about my job, complaining about my finances, complaining about my life. Here, here's what I'm saying. It's when we begin to complain, we actually begin to take what God has for us and we begin to make it very, very small. Grumpy mindsets hurt our careers. They hurt our relationships. Listen, they hurt our outlook. At some level, the reason we get grumpy is because we have unmet expectations. We expected this to pan out. We expected the boss to do this. We expected the pastor to do this. We expected our friends to do this. We, we, we cried help, and we expected a bunch of casual relationships to come minister to us like they're our best friend. Come on, somebody. Listen, help me. Help me. Listen. Unmet expectations. And this morning, I want to encourage you that there is a God who wants to feed you. You. Exodus chapter 16. Let's, let's read this together and let's look at this. Exodus chapter 16. Turn this with me. Y'all ready? Yeah. Come on, y'all ready? Yeah. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, would that we would have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Israel when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Take me back to the meat pot. You took me from the meat pot and now you got me here in the wilderness and I'm hungry. How dare you take me from my meat pot? There's so many times, come on, listen, in our journey with the Lord that we are disgruntled because we thought coming down to the altar, repenting from our sin, joining a life group, serving, doing something, that all of a sudden people actually thought this, that when you started serving Jesus, all of your problems would go away. Well, I went to that church and I thought that it was going to be. What, what did you think it was going to be? If any per church promises you a problem-free life, you probably want to leave. But what we are promising you is maturity. Meaning that you can go through the problem, but the problem won't go through you. Come on, somebody. And so, come on. You, where you used to have the problem, you would post, I can't believe blah, 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 blah. But then all of a sudden, there's some maturity in you. And when you feel a problem, you don't lose your stuff. Come on. We got way too many believers losing their stuff. God's wanting to grow you. When you first get saved, that little temptation, you'd have been like, ah, oh God, I'm sorry, ah. But after a little bit of maturity, come on, that thing come pops up and you're like, no. I don't need your meat pot. I, 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 don't, I don't need your meat pot. I don't need your bread. I'm going somewhere. God's doing something in my life. I'm moving forward. Does that make sense? Come on. Grumpy mindsets hurt our careers. They hurt all that's going on in our life. Here's what 
happen. Verse 4, and the Lord said to Moses, behold, I'm about to reign. Come on, listen. I believe that I'm speaking something over your life right now. I'm about to rain bread from heaven on you. Don't you God just shows out. God's better than Tim Tebow. I'm just saying, like, like, like listen, like, I'm about to rain some bread. You, 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 you hungry? You gonna come to me with your little meat pot? You don't even know who I am. Uh, quail slapping people in the face. Uh, 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 just open your mouth, son. Uh, listen to this. Look at this. Look. I'm about to rain bread from heaven on you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. Come on, everybody say every day. Every day that I may test them, test them, test them. Many people want to grow in the Lord, but they don't want to be tested. And they fall off. They fall off from church. They fall off from the team. And you think that it's an offense. You think you have bad leadership. You think, come on, somebody listen. You had a bad life group. You think you had this, but you were in a test. You were in a test. And the test is going to reveal your heart. The test is going to reveal, are you going to go forward in discomfort or are you going to go backward to a meat pot where you're enslaved? The test. That's what, that's what he's saying. I'm, I'm going I'm to test you. See, God will never give you a test that you are not capable, listen to me, of passing. God is not vindictive. God, God is not the person that says, okay, jump this high. And you know, you can't, you're like, eh. <laughs> and God's like, come on, come on, it's in you. And you're like, it ain't in me. God will always test you on what he's given you and what he's downloaded into your heart so that we can find out is there faith there or is there fear there? Come on. Look at this. Look at this. And on the sixth day, when they prepared what they had brought in, it would be twice as much. In other words, on, on the Sabbath, I, before the Sabbath, I want you to prepare twice as much because you're not going to do anything on the Sabbath. You're going to rest, okay? So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, at evening, you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land, not me. It was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, you shall see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. I want to talk about the God who feeds us. Listen, when we look at the problem, you're never going to thrive. And we got way too many people looking at the problem and missing the presence. We got way too many people in our lives looking at the people who put us there or left us there or told us to go or told us to stay or had a conversation. And what I'm telling you is this. We as believers have got to lift our eyes off of the problem and look at the provider. Can I just bring you a little history here? Here they are. The children of Israel are just six weeks, listen, six weeks into their journey. They have just experienced the hand of God in miraculous, powerful ways. God has been moving on their behalf. They had a front row seat to the 10 plagues. 
I mean, you're talking about not just like weather issues. Water into blood, frog. I mean, just like the whole nation is like, ah! I mean, they were in it. It was like a scary movie. You know what I'm saying? They saw and felt the power of God. Then they responded in faith and had their first Passover meal. Can you even think about what that was like? They're sitting down. What are we doing? This is Passover. What's going to happen tomorrow? Oh, we're all going to leave. Well, what did Pharaoh say? He said he's going to kill us and we're not going to go. Ah! I mean, just imagine. Like all of that was by faith. Right now we're like, oh yeah, Passover. Yeah. Yeah, but, but there for them, it was like, why are we eating? This is special. What's happening? What are we doing? This is called Passover. What are we doing with the blood? We're going to put it here and here and here. Why? That's weird. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing? By faith, we believe that tomorrow we're coming out. Tomorrow we're coming out. Come on, and they're sitting down, they're talking. There's no Fox News, there's no CNN. They don't know what's happening in the, in the kingdom. They're just sitting there going, uh, what do we do? But by faith, tomorrow we're leaving. Tomorrow this is breaking off of me. Tomorrow this is gone. Tomorrow the bondage, tomorrow this. Here's the deal. You don't understand. We're talking about systemic slavery. Systemic. This was years and years and years. So it wasn't just one culture being beat down, fighting the system. This is, wow, we broke your parents. We broke your kids. We broke the third generation. And now they don't even have the idea to fight the power, fight the system. They have no idea to do any of that. They just understand if we can leave the guards alone and we can leave Pharaoh alone, they will leave us alone and we will work for them and, and have no choice and have n- 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 no freedom. And maybe they'll let us go back to a meat pot where we can have a little conversation. That's the life they wanted. There was no democracy. There was no vote. There was no, there was no any of that. They, they were just happy with, come on. Stories were told at the meat pot. Small things happened. We laughed so good. That was our only time we could laugh is at the meat pot. And they have uh, made this meat pot moment. But they forgot that they were in slavery. They couldn't move. They couldn't grow. There was no generic idea. There was no organic growth. There was no business plan. There was no nothing. There was you get up and you do exactly what I tell you to do. Generation after generation after generation. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Some of us are in generational brokenness. Our mom lost it. Our dad lost it. We lose it. But because we have a little meat pot moment, we stay. Come on. Generationally, I had some to overcome some things. I remember dating Katie, thinking she was awesome, but I did not want to move forward in marrying her because I didn't want to get divorced. Because there was a long generation of divorce, affairs, all of that, and that was over me, and I did not want to move forward. Why? Because I did not want to have kids that would walk through the same thing I did, and so I would rather not walk into it and just stay with a little meat pot. But God had more for me. 
But there were things I had to face. There were things I had to change. Don't amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> there were things that I had to grow in. There were areas of awareness, come on, that I had to deal with. Because I was never taught it, I had to, listen, check this out, develop it. Some of us love to live in unawareness. Well, I wasn't taught that. <laughs> Learn. Come on. Well, I just don't know about all these people who have money. <laughs> you can too. Anytime you spend less than you make <laughs> and you live on a budget, <laughs> and a budget, that means you take the time, you put your money in some sort of tracking system, and you say no a whole lot more than you say yes, at the end of the month, you're going to have something. And then having something over 25 years, you will have, dang. Or you can buy McDonald's. Come on, help me. I believe that when I read this and the whole assembly, listen, the whole assembly came to Moses. I can't even imagine that moment. I mean, Moses, staff, man, beard. You know what I'm saying? Moses, man, Moses. And all the assembly is going to walk to him. Let me tell you, you we got a problem. We all got a problem with you. It was almost like they had felt like they were out in the wilderness without a signal and there had been a drop call. See, I, I think that a lot of times if we're not careful, we will believe that God drops calls. God does not drop your call. Listen, we live in Pea Ridge, and, and I come here uh, to the church, and there's always two places uh, on that back road where I'm always lose signal. I always drop a call, and I'm like, come on, listen, I, I get so frustrated. Come on, how many of y'all get frustrated when you drop a call? Don't lie. Don't lie. You're in church. All right. And you're like, I, never, I never get frustrated. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You probably wanted me to hang up right now. I was talking too long. No, I'm always frustrated. And, and when that call, I'm always in the middle of some like great proverb moment. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm pouring out. I'm on the phone and dink. And I'm like, oh. it's in that moment. You know, I never think about all the awesome conversations that I've had that were never interrupted. It's in that moment that I never think about the business and all the things that I was able to do. I am driving a truck, and I don't even have to have the hand, the phone in my hand. Come on, somebody. And it's doing something, and I'm driving. But so many times, we just complain over every little thing. I'm like, 2020, come on. Don't make me get out the tenfold on that tower. Then listen, I, I, I'm old school. I, I had rabbit ears. I put some tinfoil on. Don't you play with me. I will get out the aluminum foil on you. Listen, so many people are frustrated because of the here and now, but they don't even know what God's doing. They don't even really know what God, come on, is doing. When we get to focus on the problem, we miss the presence. God doesn't drop calls. And here's what I want to say to you. If you feel distant, if you feel like the signal isn't where it needs to be, if you feel like here's what I need you to know, God has not changed, you're just not in the right place. 
You're not in the right place. You're in the right place. And so if there is shame, you can know you're not in the right place. If there's guilt, if there's condemnation, the great thing is we are under a new covenant. So you can pray. You can, all that can be forgiven. But the truth of the matter is, you listen. if you feel like you're praying and heaven is closed, if you feel like the signal is distant, if you feel like the call has been dropped, then you need to check your location because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Bible says that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Come on, somebody, is that good? Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap. I want to end with two thoughts to remember when you feel like your needs are not being met. Two thoughts to remember when your needs are not being met. The first one is this. If God starts it, he will supply it. Okay? Think about this. The children of Israel felt like they were abandoned. They were frustrated at Moses, and they had forgot about the totality of what God had been doing and the God of the past is still the God of the present, and God has not changed, and if God starts it, he will, listen, listen, he will supply it. Here's what I need you to know about Christianity and church and, and saying yes to Jesus. It wasn't you that said yes. It was you who heard the call. The Bible says that I have called you, that I've been calling to you, Margaret, Mary, Mark, M's. <laughs> Listen, like God has been calling you. And finally, one day, it was, yes, God. But we're so stick-necked pe people, we're stick-necked stiff necked that we think we are the ones that chose God. Like we're like, I came down and gave God my life. <laughs> no, no, no. God's been calling you. And what God starts, he supplies. And you may think that you are dried up. You may think you're in a dry land. Come on, somebody. You may think that he doesn't understand what's going on with your marriage and your, your, your ministry and your business and your whatever. But if God started it, come on, if you raised your hand, if you said yes to Jesus, if you walked an aisle, if you prayed the sinner's prayer, if you had a moment with the Holy Spirit, then what you need to know is this. Listen, God is doing something. God is doing something. But many of us are like, what is that? Hurry up. It's taking too long. This purpose in me, come on. I'm on a boom, bam, go. We don't want to sit and submit and work a process and develop a skill and be corrected and work on our character. And come on, say, we'll start our ministry right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey. See, here's the thing. God had a process to remove them from bondage, and the wilderness was important. It was important. It was something that God was doing in their life. It is not the heart of the Father to abandon you. If you feel abandoned in your approach to God, then you have wrong theology. God is the one who wanted to free the children of Israel. Here's the thing. God is the one that saved Moses way before the children of Israel even knew that freedom was a potential. 
God has been working in your life, and just because you can't see it doesn't mean that he's not arranging it. Come on. That was a whole lot better than like three, yeah. You can see that. Pretty, pretty cool, Pastor. Listen, I need you to lean into this moment because many of us have this kind of a tinter tantrum uh, philosophy with God. You're not doing it. You're, 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 you're whiny. You're whiny. And then he has to spank your hiney. <laughs> like, like, you're, you're whiny. And God is like, hey, stop. Listen, stop. I'm working. I'm working on your life. Sure, I have Canaan for you. And I want you to get in there really, really quick. But I will never let you cross over until you are ready to own it. Come on, does that make sense? Listen, God has your back. He cares about you. He loves you. Complaining, frustration, grumpiness, not handling your, your anger. Listen, we should never feed on what hurts us. We should feed on what grows us. Some of us are feeding on the very thing that hurts us. We're feeding on, on, on this thought process or this ideology or this relationship. And we're trying to say, okay, God, make it good, make it good, make it good. But you, two broken people ain't going to be good. Help me. Get healed. Get right. Begin to change your life. Allow God to move in you. And then watch the beautiful things that God has. Come on, listen. For your life. Right now, God is faithful to his word. Why are you grumpy? Sir, why are you grumpy? Well, you know, the economy. Why are you grumpy? You live in, you have a pulse. Come on, you, you, you have a job. You have people who love you. And you're missing God's provision because you're focused, come on somebody, on a problem. The, the God of the past is the God of the present. And God is doing something. The second point. Second point is this, and this is the big one. I want you to lean into this thought, okay? Lean into this thought. Just because you're not where you want to be doesn't mean you're in the wrong place. Come on, this right here will change your life. This is worth it right here. Just because you're not where you want to be. Most people are not where they want to be. I want to be here. Come on. Do anybody remember being young? I just knew life would change. I just knew life would change if I could just not be six but be 12. Come on, Jim, you know I'm saying junior high. Junior high was where it was at because then I could go to the snack machine anytime I wanted. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. And then guess what? Junior high came. And I want to be in high school because we had off campus lunches. And if you were a junior and senior, you could go to McDonald's and you didn't have to eat the cafeteria food. Come on, somebody. I just want to be there. And then I get there. Oh, I just want to be in college. I want to get out the house. McDonald's is not good enough. I want to, come on, I want to get out. And then I get to college. And I'm like, I don't even want to be here. I want to get a job. Come on, somebody. I need some real money, some real not money. I mean, get a job. Oh, my God. I want to go back to school. <laughs> come on, somebody. 
Everybody wants to always be where someone else. And so we're never enjoying where we're at. We never believe it's a blessing. We never believe that God has given me the right people, the right places, the right children, the right kids, the right husband. We've never, we don't believe any of this. We're just mad because there's something else we want. Can I tell you this? There will always be something else that you want for the rest of your life. But that's why self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, because you're going to have to say no a whole lot more than you say yes. Come on. That's good. That's good. Thank, thank, thank you for clapping. God. Come on. Listen. Church, the wilderness is a part of your development. I have been through the wilderness. Katie has been through the wilderness. The wilderness has a purpose. God wants to move his people, listen, from bondage to freedom. The wilderness is in the middle. You don't skip the wilderness. You, you don't get to fly over the wilderness. You don't get to Toto and whoever the wilderness. Like you, you got to go through it. And, and, and God did this to his chosen people, and you are a chosen people. The Bible says you're a royal priesthood. God has something great. Come on, listen, in your life. But God, the people, wilderness revealed some things. See, the people didn't want to be under Pharaoh, but they didn't want to be under God either. But they did want freedom. See, their freedom was, I don't want to be under what hurt me from the past, but I'm not really wanting to take your yoke either. See, we are a church, and we believe in living free. But let me just tell you this. The ultimate definition of freedom is surrendering your life to Christ. Yes. And if you just want to be free, and we live in a, in, a, in a world where freedom and the best you and seven principles and this and, and self-help, but here is what I'm telling you is, there is no true freedom without surrender to the Lord. The people didn't want Pharaoh, but they didn't want God. They wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to make their own images. They wanted to do it their own way. And God said, now, plan. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Because here's what will happen. You will be in bondage again. The only way to be free is to surrender your life. Listen, the wilderness is where transformation happens. They moved. Come on, listen, listen to this. Transformation is happening. The wilderness is where they went from rebellion to obedience. The wilderness is where they went from slave to owner. The wilderness is where transformation began to happen and everyone here will have to go through a season of transformation in their life if they're going to get what God has for them. I meet people all the time who are saved, love God, but they kind of idolize or remember the old life and they start talking about the old life like it was the best life oh let me tell you something man we had so many girls we had so many guys the old life the old, old life sucked it was terrible 
Just be honest. Just can you be honest for five seconds? The old life, you didn't want nobody to be on your Facebook. You didn't want nobody to answer the phone. You didn't know who was calling. You didn't know who was going to stop by the house. Come on, somebody. You didn't know where you were at. You didn't know what you were doing. We're talking about the old life was so fun. Leave your meat pot and come on somewhere else. Does that make sense? There was nothing in that old life. You were broke. You were mad. You were disgusted. You were hurt. You had nobody. You cried yourself to sleep. Stop talking like that's old and that was so much better. That is not better than freedom. That's not better than ownership. That's not better than stepping into Canaan and getting all that God has for you. That's not better than increase. Come on, stop looking back and going, well, you know. Help me. Listen. The Bible says to forget the former things and move on. Put your hand to the plow and don't look back and stop being tempted and don't go by that place that you used to go by. Don't, don't message that girl. Don't message that guy. Don't do what you, because here's the deal. The enemy is always trying to bring you back to the little meat pot where you had a little emotional encounter, but you were not free. Come on. The children of Israel were grumbling why God was healing. They were frustrated when God was building their future. They were mad when God was changing mindsets. Here's the thing, is that God wants to move in your life. Psalms chapter 25, verse 8 and 10 says this, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. God is trying to move you out of brokenness. He's trying to move you out of bondage. Come on, somebody. He's trying to move you out of pride. He's trying to move you out of all of this stuff that will not produce in your life. And if you will just surrender to it, it will work. It will work. He leads the humble to what is right. And he teaches the humble his ways. Can I tell you this? Our world is love's honorable mentions. But God is not riding shotgun and you're the driver. He's not. He's not. And because we've had oppressive people in our life, sometimes it's hard to think of surrender because we made vows when we were younger that I'm never going to let anybody... And I get that, but I'm just telling you that that will not lead you to freedom. See, God's ways are right, and they're just, and he loves you. Look at this, verse 10. All the paths of the Lord is steadfast love and faithfulness. All the paths of the Lord. Come on, bring it in. Bring it in. Come on, I need to love on you a little bit. I don't feel worthy. I know, bring it in. Come on, man. I'm getting a little, get a little, little mm. Well, I don't, I don't feel good enough. I know. But if you will humble, see, see, it's not about your works. It's about your surrender. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Look at this. Look at this. Those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. The children of Israel were not in the wrong place. Man, y'all go ahead and come up. God was showing them that he was the new provider in their life. Listen, listen, listen. It's not Pharaoh. And let me give you something even more real. It's not Moses. 
It's not Pharaoh and it's not Moses. Some of us, we've left the world and we realize that doesn't have any power over us, but we have so not healed that we went from leaning on a friend or leaning on a tribe or leaning on a community that we begin to lean on a pastor and then they hurt us. And what I'm telling you is a pastor, a pastor's team, the staff is a tool that God uses, but the source ain't Moses, baby. The source is God and you need to know him so that you can deal with people in your life. Katie and I, we are not perfect. There are moments that we have to take it before the Lord. And just because we're gifted to communicate this does not mean we're gifted to live it. Don't ever put us on a pedestal. I do not believe that I am the only one that can pray for you. I do not believe that I'm the only one that can counsel you. I do not believe that I am the only one that you need attention from. I do not believe that. In the house, we equip saints for the work of the ministry. And I believe that someone can lay hands on you, someone can pray for you, someone can walk with you, and we are training up an army to go out and love people, not make war. Love people. So show them that there's something in you. There's something in you. And the enemy has lied to you and told you that you were unworthy, that you're too bad, that shame, and you need to leave the church community. But God says, no, 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 no. Come here. I'm doing something in your life. I believe many of you have a dream in your heart. But here is the thing. I'm going to tie all this together in like one minute. God was positioning them. Y'all listen. Look at, look, at, look at me real quick. To daily... Connect with him. See, they had lost the practices because they had been slaves. And so they had daily connected with the taskmaster, but they had forgot the ways of the Lord. And so God knew the only way for you to take your giant in the future is for you to meet with me daily right now. See, the reason God wants you to meet daily with him right now in prayer, in worship. See, if you'll take all that grumbling and complaining, God, I don't even know why. I've got all this toxic stuff in me. I'm ready to, like, John Wick, four or five people. I don't know what's going on. I'm so mad right now. I just, oh. Come on, listen. And you'll get cast all, all your cares, all your cares, not on your mate, ugh, not on your friends, not on your mama, not on your daddy, but you will cast all of your cares on him. That he will strengthen you. Strengthen you. Listen to what I'm saying. Come on, you're hearing me. Daily, daily, daily. God wanted to feed them daily. I believe, and here's my challenge. If you wake up to 15 to 20 minutes earlier, turn on the worship, get all that junk out of you, begin to pray, begin to read the Bible. If you'll go to God with your daily needs, you won't be so eh during the day. Come on, somebody, daily, daily, daily. God knows what battles you're going to fight in the future. But you need something daily right now in order to usher you to be able to not be discouraged when you take it. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but listen, I believe some ministry is going to happen. God is not done with you. God has not left you. God has not abandoned you. But God is trying to put you in a position where you will be hungry for him. Hungry for him. Hungry for him. 
Hungry for his presence than the meat pot. <laughs> Hungry for him. And here's the deal. I believe this church, I believe the influence, I've been loving people. All of that will be a whole lot easier if we can, come on, listen, love him. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.